it's a line drive kick. Jackson bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson still not in and now in for the touchdown. No flags. Unbelievable. Hey, I'm Mike. And I'm Daniel. And we are Civil Youth and you are listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen, the Eagles somehow pulled off a miraculous win against the Cowboys. We've got the dog masks, the ski masks, at, you know, full blown, ready to rock and roll. And uh, we've got a Week 17 NFC East Division clinching game on the line on Sunday. Welcome to the final regular season edition of 2019 for Eagles enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. As always, your boy Kyle Bennett holding it down, and I am thrilled to be joined by the other half of the Talking Giants podcast. We had Bobby Skinner on earlier this month, and now we're joined by the one and only Danny King to wrap the regular season up in style with the New York Giants taking on the Eagles. What's going on, Danny? Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm looking forward to this week's game, especially with how big it is for you guys. It's going to be very interesting, and just the Negadelphian in me has kind of that nervous factor to it, but, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, injury reports coming out, and just now, pretty much right before we started recording, the Eagles put theirs out, but in your opinion with this Giants team, obviously Daniel Jones, this is the first time the Eagles will face him in his career, so there's not too much uh, film for this Eagles defense in terms of them facing Daniel Jones, and then Saquon Barkley actually looks healthy now. This Giants offense has been rolling. It's a matter of the defense not playing well. Uh, but what have, what are some of the positives as you look at this game for the Giants sitting, you know, with four wins on the season that uh, you're looking for going up against this Eagles team where this game means absolutely everything and this Giants team is just looking to finish up the season with some potential high notes? That's the thing you said right there. The Eagles, when we first played, it was Eli Manning, so it was more of that familiar sense of players now they're going into a different ball game with a quarterback they've never played before. They've seen on film, but he's a different quarterback than Eli Manning. He can run if he needs to. He can throw that ball deep. Eli still could, but Jones has an incredible arm. Um, and, uh, and you guys also went up against Saquon Barkley when he was almost back at form. He was a few plays away in that game from getting something going. So I'm intrigued to see how he'll take advantage of the Eagles' defense. But we're going to be with also at our right tackle on Sunday, so that could be an advantage for you guys but as you said i'm just looking forward to growth right now from this team because the potential is there for winning and right now this team has nothing to lose they're just playing for confidence going into the offseason so the giants are a dangerous team because as i said they got nothing to lose on sunday and that's the thing that absolutely terrifies me is there's nothing to lose they ended up beating washington so kind of that that draft pick back and forth thing kind of went away a little bit and washington is just sitting everybody now so they're trying to lock up that number two overall pick. One thing that is going to be absolutely insane is right before we started recording, the Eagles ruled out Nelson Aguilar, which I kind of expected to happen, and then Zach Ertz is out this week, 
which has been Carson Wentz's number one go-to for the past couple seasons, with an already depleted wide receiver core and how decimated this Giants defense is, this game could go on forever just trying to figure out who's going to score and who's going to stop who. No, definitely. I'm Right now, I'm afraid of Dallas Goddard because the Giants, for some reason, we struggle to cover tight ends, and I feel like Dallas Goddard could go out there and just have a game against us because we saw it last year in our season finale against Blake Jarwin. He went out there and dominated us. So tight ends are always a scary problem for this team, especially with Alec Ogletree being questionable with the back. But also, you guys not having Nelson Aguilar, that benefits us. Because right now, your wide receiver core is, is nothing pretty. And our, as you said, our secondary is nothing pretty either. So we could be without Sam Beal as well. Corey Ballantyne could be out. So th- th- this game could be a very high-scoring affair just because our secondary sucks. And you guys could just go out there and dominate us just by that alone. And one thing that is interesting to me is this week, Jordan Howard has participated in practice, got cleared for contact. He was a full participant today, so it looks like he's finally going to play for the first time in a month and a half. But the Eagles have also had Miles Sanders look like an absolute game-changer for this offense the past month or so. Uh, How do you kind of anticipate this Giants defense attacking this run game that has really revolutionized the Eagles' offense probably for the past month? That's the one thing I will give uh, this defense credit to is they're good at stopping the run, and that could that could be the downfall right there, the Eagles. Because Dexter Lawrence, he's been clogging up the middle. Dallin Tomlinson, if, if you haven't heard of Dallin Tomlinson, then you're going to hear about him on Sunday because the guy's been making plays, especially these past few weeks. The run game, Miles Sanders is someone I really like, and obviously him and Saquon Barkley were teammates back at Penn State. He could be a game-changer. I'm more afraid of him than Howard, while Howard is a quality back, he hasn't blown me away from what I've seen. Sanders, he's going to be the guy if the Eagles are going to beat us. He's going to have to have a great game because if you can expose our run defense, then we got nothing else to stop you because our as you, our secondary stinks, our linebackers stink. The one thing we can have that we can rely on is our running backs and I mean it's our run stopping game. And if we can't stop Sanders, then it's going to be a long Sunday for us. And that's one thing, too, that I look at is how the running game in the last matchup these two teams had, which somehow, someway went into overtime. Uh, Miles Sanders ran the ball 15 times, only managed 45 yards on the ground, and then Boston Scott obviously had his coming out party with 10 carries for 59 yards, and he had that one touchdown. Uh, But both of those running backs can also catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think with the lack of wide receivers, without Zach Ertz now, I think that's going to be a huge part of this game plan uh, for the Eagles is, you know, kind of the the halfback screens, dinking and dunking in the flat to the running backs. How do you think that comes into a factor where that's kind of almost a hybrid tight end game for this team? That could be a major factor because ever since we lost Ryan Connolly, our rookie we drafted this year, our, our linebacker's core has just been awful. David Mayo, he's made good plays here and there. But he's no one that defenses should be afraid of. Alec Ogletree, he is questionable with the back. So that could be a deadly game right there for the Eagles with that just checking it down to those running backs, especially Sanders, and just taking it off. That could, that, I think that's going to have to be something the Eagles are going to have to utilize because we just don't have good linebackers. I mean, Carter could get out there. He's a fast guy, but Sanders can easily outrun Carter. Our linebackers, they, they, they have been a problem for us for years. And that's going to be something the Eagles have to take advantage of. It's just dink and dunk because that could lead to big plays. 
Now, outside of, obviously, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton has made a name for himself this year as a rookie. Uh, I wasn't sure how he was going to perform with Eli Manning because there was absolutely no chemistry there. They didn't practice with each other you know, during training camp in the preseason. Eli wasn't throwing to him early before he got benched, and then he comes out, and Darius Slayton has 154 yards on five catches for two touchdowns against the Eagles secondary. I'm terrified of Darius Slayton. It's all these young receivers in the NFC East that absolutely make me jealous, for one, because the Eagles don't have any of them, and two, they terrify me because they have that speed that absolutely just burns this Eagles secondary. Darius Slayton's my X factor in this game for just the Giants and the chemistry that he has with Daniel Jones off-rip. That's a connection that's going to scare me for years to come, too. How do you feel about Darius Slayton you know, following up his uh, his performance in this first matchup, going up against an Eagles secondary that doesn't have Ronald Darby now, which could be a positive for the Eagles, but Jalen Mills is also, uh, he was limited in practice today. He's questionable to play with an ankle injury. He's been a game changer on the defense for me ever since he came back from his year-long uh, you know, Liz Frank injury. Darius Slayton's an X-factor to me. How do you feel about him in this game? He was completely absent on during the game on Sunday against the Redskins. He had his ankle, I believe, rolled up on, and he was limited up until today on the injury report. I believe the Eagles are going to try and do their best to game plan for him, but as you said, the, the, your secondary isn't that pretty, and he could just go out there and dominate, and him and Jones have that connection going. And I truly believe he's my – I voted for him on our show as, as our giant factor because – he is a guy that has impressed everyone, especially with training camp. We had the worries of the drops, and then he came out there and just made good plays after good plays, and we had to wait to see him, and now that we're finally seeing him, he's making his name known, and I'm not saying that it, no one can replace Odell. I've said that before, but he's doing a good job of completing this wide receiver core with Shepard. Tate hasn't been anything spectacular, but if I'm Jones and seeing how the Eagles secondary is weak, you use Darius Slayton this Sunday because he, boy, he he finds a way to get open, especially last that last time we played you guys. He's absolutely terrifying to me, and I'm jealous that you guys have him. I'm jealous Washington has Terry McLaurin. I'm jealous that the Cowboys have the receivers they do. And here we are with just, you know, Greg Ward, who's been around for years and just hasn't made it on the active roster, but he's finally performing. Uh What's kind of been your assessment of Daniel Jones in year one? Because as he kind of gets ready to wrap up his rookie season, obviously the uh, the criticism at the draft being picked number six overall, I personally think Daniel Jones has blown me out of the water from the expectations I've had. From a Giants perspective, what have you seen from Daniel Jones that's impressed you so far uh, as he gets ready to wrap up his rookie season? I was like every other of the Giants fan base. When we drafted Jones 6, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way a kid from Duke is going to be is worthy of a 6 overall choice. And, man, he's proved me and about everyone else wrong. He has, minus the fumbles, which are an issue, he's had a great year. His ball placement is spectacular. Uh, he just has a great arm, and he, he, he just has such a high football IQ. His fumbles are his biggest issue. You could blame some on him. You can blame some on terrible play of Nate Solder. I've been impressed with Daniel Jones. And the the problems he has, they're fixable problems. The fumbles, he just got to tighten up ball security. He almost went the game against Washington without a fumble. But, of course, good old Landon Collins had to knock it out. Daniel Jones has blown me away. He's not, he's not rookie of the year candidate because of the fumbles. But he's building a solid foundation 
on how he can perform next year. And I'm just excited to see. How, it, I just want to know how the Eagles are going to play him for the first time. That's what's really intriguing me because they had to prepare for Eli last time. Now it's Jones, but Jones has blown me away. And I think he's blown away majority of the NFC East thinking like, man, this kid's actually going to be in this league for some time. He's been very impressive to me, and I will full-blown say, at least for one year, that I was wrong about Daniel Jones. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Giants ended up cutting the Jackrabbit, Janoris Jenkins. He's now in New Orleans. Do you think that was kind of just a, a move that had to be made where it just kind of improved the locker room? Because ever since then, two games in a row, the Giants have been able to win games. Uh, do you think that was kind of just a, a healthy you know, addition by subtraction to get rid of one of these veteran guys that they knew wasn't going to be here long term moving forward? Um, and obviously everything that happened with the reasoning why he got cut. But uh, what are your thoughts on that happening and how the Giants have been able to rally and win two games in a row? Yeah, his, as you said, he wasn't here for the long term. His job this year was to train these rookie corners to help them at least learn the ways of football and get them adjusted to the NFL level. And while they haven't played amazingly, Baker, he settled down. Beal, I mean, he's been scary, but that's because he only started playing full-time recently. Jackrabbit, he... Jack Rabbit to me, he needs to be on a team that's winning. He can't be on a team that well, no player wants to be on a team that's losing. If he's on a team that's losing, he's in the like the he it's only like it's his it's his team. It's my mentality, not the team's mentality. And I think the Giants may have also come in for PR because they are getting an attack left, right, and center. While I don't agree with what Jack Rabbit said, the Giants probably could have got us something from him in the offseason, but that's not for me to say. But I believe for the Eagles to win, because with uh, the potential of both Ballantyne and Beal being out, you're going to have to deal with Antonio Hamilton, who is not a good corner. His, he should only be playing Gunner on special teams. That's his role. And if, if the, that Dallas game, when he played full-time, it was a nightmare. Grant Haley's not had a good game in coverage. He, can play, he could tackle well, but that's all he could do well. He struggles in coverage. I think... The secondary's been good, but it's going to take a hit this week with the potential of both Valentine and Beal being out, and that means Baker being our number one. I say if those two guys are out, it's going to be – at that point, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and one thing that I'm also looking at, because we've said this is the first time the Eagles are going to play against Daniel Jones in his career, is the Eagles' pass rush going up against you know the Giants' offensive line. Obviously, Nate Solder hasn't been great. Uh, and a bunch of the guys on the O-line have either been injured or taken a step back this year. How do you kind of see, you know, the point of attack for this offensive line going up against, you know, Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, Derek Barnett, Tim Jernigan, and uh, Brandon Graham and the rest of the Eagles pass rush if Jim Schwartz decides to say, hey, we're going to send the house and actually blitz these guys more than, you know, we usually do. Uh, how do you see that matchup kind of working out? Nate still he had a better game on Sunday, but that's because the Redskins don't have a, a scary pass rush like you guys do. The Giants have allocated more resources to try and help Nate Solder with chips and all that. You guys have to take advantage of Nate Solder because that's the way to wreck the Giants because he's been one of the reasons for so many Daniel Jones's fumbles. Mike Remmers is out on Sunday, so we'll get a look at the undrafted guy, Nick Gates, who has played well and someone I was looking forward to in the preseason. And now that he's getting reps, he's shown he's going to be a, uh, a good player in this league. For the Eagles to win, they have to win up the middle against John Jalapio because that's a weak point. Then they have to win on the left side against Nate Solder. And I think Fletcher Cox will do a great job disrupting John Jalapio. 
And then Nate Solder, you can put really anyone out there on him, and they'll probably beat Nate Solder. So the Giants are going to allocate resources to the left side. I think you have to win up the middle against John Jalapio because that's really the only true weak point I see on the offensive line. Hernandez hasn't been great, but he's been fine. And then Seidler, he's Seidler. He's like one of the best guards in the league. So attack the middle, that could be a way to disrupt this game. Knowing that the Giants are lacking tight end help too, obviously Evan Ingram is on IR and uh, Rhett Ellison was ruled out this week as well. How much do you think that plays into, you know, being able to add that extra protection for Daniel Jones and not having, you know, the depth at tight end to potentially add an extra blocker on that line? Caden Smith, his emergence has surprised, I mean, about every single person on the Giants in the fan base, probably even in the team, because he's this guy from Stanford they didn't expect anything of. And then last week he went out there and had like two touchdowns. He looked good. He exposed Landon Collins. And, I mean, the Giants are probably going to be without Scott Simonson, who also suffered a concussion in practice. So I'm, I'm, that's going to be another scary thing because, I, to be quite honest, I don't know who, who else we have at tight end right now. So the Giants, Kata Smith, they're, he's mainly the passing guy. He hasn't been great at blocking. He's had good blocks here and there, but he's not someone I would rely full-time blocking. So that is going to be another problem you just brought up. How are the Giants going to handle the tight end situation if possibly right now having Kata Smith active? They'll probably bring someone up from the practice squad. But the tight end, it's been a problem for us all year. If only Ingram was healthy, him and Kata Smith would be a fun duo to watch. Because you got Evan Ingram, who's a speed and a matchup nightmare for linebackers, and Caden Smith, who can make blocks, and he's just a your regular tight end. Not fast, but he's powerful, and he can make some plays. So tight end is, is going to be interesting to watch in the offseason, but for this Sunday, the Eagles, that could be one advantage they have over us. If they can lock down Caden Smith, then Daniel Jones... He loves his tight ends. Daniel Jones, he loves his tight ends at Duke. He loved his tight ends so far in the NFL. You take away Caden Smith, that could be one big option taken away from him. Now, knowing that you guys played Washington last week and they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, and you go out and win that final game for Eli Manning as well, do you think it's tough for this team to kind of get up because of such an emotional high that they went on to go win that game for Eli and knowing that this game means absolutely nothing, do you think that could be an issue for this Giants team, knowing that they're kind of just – you know, Pat Shermer's coaching for his job, which many believe he's going to be gone after, you know, Monday and everything. And guys are kind of just fighting for positions on this team next year. Outside of that, there's not much to play for. And I know a lot of Eagles fans are heading up to the Meadowlands to uh, have a takeover to watch the team potentially clinch the division. Is that an issue for this Giants team, in your opinion? I don't think so because we got guys on this team like Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. You got like the Leonard Williams. These, these guys want to win. And a majority of these guys on the team as well, they're playing for their job because they're, it's an audition for them because well, I think everyone's in agreement, as you said, Pat Sherman's going to get fired. But if Dave Gellin is here, he's going to want to fill these holes. You got to go out there and prove yourself worthy of one that you belong on a team or two, you got to go out there and show you could play for another team. So I'm not afraid of this team's willingness to play because they're going to play like it's their last game as well. I don't, this, this team has players that want to win and they hate losing. So I'm not afraid of this team's hard heading into this Sunday, but it, I, I think it's also going to want, as you said, the Eagles are a fan base that travel well and I'm contemplating going to the game on Sunday. I could be sitting in a stadium full of Eagles fans and like, it's good. It's going to be, different for especially Jones because usually he's in stadiums full of teams of his own fan base 
he walks out there someday, he could be getting booed when the team takes the field because there could be more Eagles fans. Now, in your book, from you know a fan standpoint, uh, a guy who has a podcast about this team, you don't want to see the Cowboys win the division now, do you? You see, I, I me personally, I feel like I'm one of those weird fans. I, I, I'm fine with the Cowboys winning. Because, let's be honest here. Whoever wins the NFC, there's no way they make it far in the playoffs. Right. Because the Eagles are so banged up. The Cowboys, I mean, they're, they're the Cowboys. They can't win anything right now. I personally would... Loved because right now, let's because they move both games at 425 because they don't trust the Cowboys to beat the Redskins. I, I will be fine if the Giants beat the Eagles, but the Cowboys lose as well because the Cowboys need to win it. If they lose, the Eagles are in no matter what. So I'm fine with beating the Eagles, having the Cowboys lose to send the Eagles into the playoffs, and have them lose in the first round. I'm totally fine with that. See, I. I know that there's a lot of people, too, that I'm friends with that are Giants fans. They're like, I hope we just don't even show up because we don't want the Cowboys to win the division, which would be absolutely comical um, if the Cowboys, you know, have this stupendous fall from grace because nobody wants to see Dallas succeed. But in your opinion, for this Giants team, outside of, you know, we talked about Darius Slayton, who do you view as kind of an X factor for this team that could give the Eagles a bit of a – you know, nightmare, and obviously Saquon is there. He looks healthy, you know, just like he did early in the season before the injury. Um, in your opinion, who's an X factor for this Giants team that Eagles fans should be watching for and this Eagles team should be watching for to uh, potentially disrupt any chance of this team clinching the division on Sunday? I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. I sent him earlier, Dalvin Tomlinson. He's been a baller, and ever since they traded for Leonard Williams, the attention has been taken away from him. And when he's out there, he's made plays. In that Eagles game, he made that huge fourth down stop, which led to the fumble by Wentz early on in that game. He's been ignored, but he's been making plays. Dalvin Thompson, if I'm an Eagles fan, 94, you got to keep an eye on him because he could disrupt any run game. He can even get into that backfield and get sacks. Dalvin Thompson is the guy, if I'm an Eagles fan, I need to keep my eye on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And when you look at how you know Carson Wentz has been able to kind of flip the script on this season for himself, what are you looking for, you know, for this Giants defense to do against Carson Wentz, who is now 250 yards away from being surprisingly the first Eagles quarterback in team history to throw for 4,000 yards, and he'll also do it without any of his wide receivers coming close to 500 receiving yards on the season. Uh, how do you kind of view this Giants defense approaching? Uh, Carson Wentz this time around and same thing as Daniel Jones we know Carson has those fumbling issues uh, what's your opinion on this Giants defense matchup against Carson Wentz well I would love for the Giants to blitz Wentz like blitz Wentz like crazy James Batcher our defense coordinator is for some reason afraid to blitz I don't know why I think he allocates more into coverage because our coverage isn't that good you just gotta I feel like he's going to try and take advantage of Dallas Goddard because, as you said, Zach Ertz was his favorite target. And if you look at it, tight ends are one of the positions that chew us alive. So I think you got to limit uh, Dallas Goddard, and then you just got to have faith in DeAndre Baker to hopefully lock down whoever your number one guy is. And then hopefully these two uh, guys that are not going to be out there playing well, assuming Antonio Hamilton and Grant Haley, are the starters. You just got to hope they hold their own. You, in my opinion, you just got to blitz Carson Wentz and make him feel uncomfortable in that pocket. When you give him time, he can make good throws. If you make him move around or feel a little bit unsteady in that pocket, he doesn't have that confidence he needs to go out there and make good passes. So at least just disrupt him, make him think a little bit more in the pocket, 
and then that could lead to good plays for us. With this uh, with this matchup on the horizon, and obviously everything that's on the line for this Giants team moving forward, are you more looking forward to the NFL playoffs starting, or are you more looking forward to Black Monday happening and figuring out who the next head coach of the New York Giants is going to be? I'm looking forward more to Black Monday just because I we need answers. Who is going to be the guy to lead us into the future? Because a bunch of Giants fans, they want Ron Rivera, the experienced head coach. I'm one of the fans that are willing to take a chance on this first-year head coach type guy. So I'm looking forward to Black Monday just to get answers at the head coach position and even possibly the GM position because that position, especially these past few weeks, it's seen more and more likely that both these guys are on the hot seat. Do you think it's imperative for this Giants team to just pretty much clear house and get rid of Gettleman, get rid of Pat Shermer and pretty much everybody on this coaching staff? I think it's I think it's we must get rid of all the coaches because they have not proven anything. Dave Gettleman, he's he hasn't he's made good draft picks, he's made bad trades, he's made bad free agency sign ins. I think since he's the GM, you have to give him more time, especially with all the turnover he did on this roster with Odell Beckham Jr. being traded. You got traded for Jabril Peppers. You let Orlando Collins, traded JPP. I think you got to keep the GM, but head coaches, they need to be an overhaul. As much as I said in early in the season, that could hurt Jones' development because it's, it's good to have your rookie quarterback have the same coach for at least a good amount of time so he gets adjusted. I think if we want to see long-term success with this team, it's got to be mainly the coaches that get rid of because I've seen reason for optimism with Gettleman, even though he has like 90 million dead cap over three years, which is not a good look for him. He's just made bad signs, but I think we have to stick it out with Gettleman because if we get rid of, if we get rid of the head coach of GM already, we're turning into the Browns for doing turnovers all these like two years here and out. So I think coach is the main position that has to get turned over. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles will clinch the NFC East and continue this trend of uh, no repeat winners in the NFC East since 2003-2004? As much as I despise the Eagles, you guys have beat us for about six straight games now. I the, I don't see a way the Eagles lose this game. I see the Giants could dominate early, but then this offense always stalls in the second half, and that's when the Eagles can make their comeback right there. I see the Eagles winning the NFC East again on Sunday, as much as I hate to say that. That's just looking at it long-term. The Giants have always struggled against the Eagles. I see the Eagles clinching the NFC East on Sunday, and as you said, continuing that tradition of no repeat winners since the Giants, I believe, were the last team to do it. We love to hear it, and uh, actually the last team to do it was the Eagles when they were on that mini-Andy Reid run. Yeah, it was on that uh, that many four straight NFC Championship game appearances and not winning a Super Bowl in any of them. Uh, Danny King, you're the absolute best. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media. Check out the podcast with you and Bobby and uh, anything else that you uh, dive into covering this Giants team. Yeah, I mean, as you said, that Danny King NFL, if you want to see me rage on Sunday as the Eagles probably beat us, that talk Giants, if you want to listen to other uh, Giants podcasts and hear uh, us just question what's going on over here. So, yeah, I mean, it's been fun hopping on talking about Giants-Eagles. It's going to be an interesting game on Sunday because at this point it could go either way. The Giants could go out there, ball out, or the Eagles can go out there, dominate us in our home stadium with pretty much their whole fan base watching, because that sounds like what's coming to us on Sunday. It's going to be a blast. You're the absolute best, man. Looking forward to Sunday, and uh, 
when the Eagles take on the Giants again, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun talking to you. Well, there you have it, Eagles fans. It looks like, on paper, this Eagles team is going to clinch the NFC East for the first time, obviously, since the Super Bowl season. All you got to do is get in, and that means beating this Giants team up at the Meadowlands in what seems like going, what is going to be like an Eagles fan takeover up at the Meadowlands. There's going to be tons of guys up there. I know our friends from the 4th and John podcast are going to be there. If you're going to be there, tweet at us, let us know, tag us in your Instagram pictures, all that good stuff, because we want to see this team clinch the division in style. Go out, take what's ours. We know it's hashtag heist season. Go win this division and just get in the dance. Win the division, you get a home playoff game. We'll put our ski masks and dog masks on and take what's ours, as Malcolm Jenkins said. Let's just go win this division and do the damn thing. I'm super excited for Sunday, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at KBIZZL311 for my personal. Shout out to AOL Instant Messenger for that Twitter handle right there. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at UndergroundPHI. We are going to be locked and loaded for this game. So make sure you're following us. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about this game in your podcast review. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. It's just Underground Sports Philadelphia on your little purple podcast app. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, and Radio.com. Guys, if we win, we get another edition of Eagles Enemies playoff style for round one which will either be the Seahawks or the 49ers I want to keep doing these shows so hopefully we win and we get to do at least one more for 2019 but this is the final Eagles enemies potentially of the new year depending on of of the decade before the new year uh potentially depending on uh when we record when we win this damn division let's go take what's ours And let's celebrate a victory Monday in style after the Eagles take down the Giants and the Cowboys end up losing to Washington. Hopefully that would be an absolute blast. But until then, it's been the final regular season episode of the 2019 season of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Again, thanks to Danny King for hopping on the show from John Boy Media's Talking Giants podcast. And we will catch you guys on the next one. And as always, it's Go Birds.